everyone, and welcome to That Lux Life Podcast. I'm your host, Aisha A.K. Lesh of the petite fashion and luxury lifestyle blog, Living Lesh, where I aim to redefine what luxury means and lead you into living your best life. Each week, I'll be bringing you those tips, secrets, and bits of inspiration that will take you into living your luxurious life without the four-figure price tag. So get ready to live your life in luxury, because guess what? You deserve it. All right, welcome back, everyone, to That Lux Life Podcast. We're here for another episode where we're going to talk a little bit about business, but business and lifestyle. So I'm here with Ashley Sutton, who's going to share how she markets herself and how she works as an actress and how she fits that into her day-to-day life. So of course you all know, I do not like to take away the introduction from the person themselves. I feel like everyone can introduce themselves the best way. So Ashley, can you introduce yourself to everybody? Hi everybody, I'm Ashley. I'm an actress. I've been doing this for almost 15 years. Started on the East Coast, now living in Los Angeles and pursuing my dreams full time. Perfect. Perfect. So we're going to talk a little bit about your, your work as an actress, kind of from a business aspect, more from a lifestyle aspect as well. So the first question I kind of want to ask is what made you want to get into acting? Man, this is such an interesting question because this was a very long journey, but now that I look back at my childhood, I just see it. Um, I used to perform shows with my brothers in the living room every week. We would do a acting, like an acting section, a singing section, a dancing section. And my poor parents had to watch it. My grandparents had to watch all of these things. Um, but I was actually really stage like shy as a kid. I did a beauty pageant in high school and I did a dance to um, Chicago and I honestly, I blacked out on stage. I got on stage and I just like, don't remember anything that happened. I would love to find footage of it because I'm sure it was just an absolute nightmare. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. I don't know if I could ever do this. And so I chose a safe route and I started going to school to be a reporter. I wanted to be a sports reporter because I really loved moving pictures. I loved movies. I loved the idea of being able to like encapsulate emotions just through video. It's just different than pictures. There's just so much more. Um, So I went to college and became a reporter. And, you know, as I was graduating my senior year, I was talking to some friends and I just like still had this like fire in my heart for acting because I wanted to be able to find likeness in everybody in myself. So like seeing someone going through a struggle and being able to connect to them and understand like what their struggles are. Uh, So I moved back home, started taking acting classes. And honestly, I mean, I quit my job as a reporter. I just quit everything and was like, I'm going to do this full time. And here we are. I mean, that that's great. I mean, I always tell people, especially on this podcast is to, to keep following what your interests are, especially any, any business, anything you're doing in your career, if you're not interested in it, you're not going to put your full energy into it. And it's just going to be like, like, why are, why are you there in the first place? Um, totally. Exactly. And you know, it's crazy. My mom, like when I was applying for colleges, pushed me to go to Juilliard. She pushed me. She was like, do it, do it. Just apply. You know, even if you don't get in, you have other schools that you want to go to, but I was so afraid. I was so scared. And I mean, obviously this, this industry that I'm in is very scary. There's just so much about it that is out of your control and that, really makes you reevaluate who you are as a person because we deal with constant rejection every single day. You know, I'll get 
seven auditions in a week and I'll never hear anything about them. And to me, they could be my best possible work that I've ever done. And it's just like rejection over and over and over again. And I wasn't ready for that. And I think timing is everything. You know, I just think things fall into place when they're meant to be. And maybe I had lessons of like, I needed to go to college to learn things about myself. And so I feel like it was perfect timing, but I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I had gone to Juilliard. I wish I had made the jump to pursue this earlier and not been so afraid of what the outcome would be. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually brings up a very good point. I mean, one big thing that I know with people who are looking to pursue their dreams and follow, follow a certain career path is, is this element of fear. Um, because even being in, in your, in your sphere and as an actress, and I would even say as an influencer, it's very unpredictable. You could be busy in February and then from March through April, April, it's just, it's just nothing. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear how You've gotten over that fear, how you keep dealing with the rejection, the nose, the, 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 the place where it gets to the point where they're like, you went and you did a casting call and someone's like, you know what, thank you, but no, thank you. So how do, how do you maneuver through that and keep going and not just go, forget this, I'm going to go and do something else? Man, you know, it took a very long time, to be honest. I would go through these phases where when it got dry, I would have like these panic attacks about everything and be like, I have to quit. I have to get a real job. I have to settle down and start doing X, Y, Z to like make money. And, you know, as you get older, like start a family, like all of these things you have to check off. So I used to go into these like full on panics about it. And I don't even think that stopped in, until like three or four years ago, partially because of my husband, because he's also an actor. He's been doing it longer. He was doing it in New York before and his mentality about the acting industry is always timing. And that's not been the way that I thought about things. But now that I've been doing this for so long, I realize it is just such timing. I see roles on TV that I've auditioned for. Like I auditioned for the pilot of Walking Dead. This was like one of my first auditions, however, 12 years ago, whenever that was. Um, I, I wouldn't have been, that's not me. That wasn't me. It wasn't for me. You know, I see who booked it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, they are totally that person. Like. While I would have done a great job, what's meant for me is going to come to me. And I think artistically, as an artist, I think that is just so true. What stories I'm meant to tell, I will tell because they already live in me in some capacity and I'm able to connect to them a little bit deeper, you know? And I think that that brings up another point, kind of listening to what you were saying about how, like, what, what is you, who, who you are, um, in any business, I mean, again, going back to like, you know, as an influencer or someone who's working in a small business and building their own brand, you essentially as an actress are your own brand. So when you are looking at casting calls or going out there, like, what would you say is your style, your brand identity? Like, where do you think that you fit into certain, I guess, genres? Like what, what is you? So this is an interesting question because I think that there's two sides of this, right? There is who people see you as when they look at your headshot, right? And that you can't control. It's just what my face is. So often I play like the sweet girl next door or, um, you know, I mean, usually it is like sweet girl next door, um, kind of sad stuff, sometimes kind of like the sad mom, like single sad mom. Uh, but as an actor, I know that I'm so much more, but with this industry, I have to get in the door. However, they're going to see me first. And then I can be like, hey, but also this is really what I am. 
for me, I think I'm more, I'm definitely like comedy and drama. Um, anything that has like super heavy emotion, like really hard and deep stories. It's what I like to tell. I'm a very emotional person. I'm very empathetic. So I feel a lot. So anything that makes me feel is something that I think is more aligned with like who I truly am. Okay. And then, you know, going back to that branding, that, that aspect of kind of like, it's kind of switch, we're going to switch topics a little bit, but not really. Okay. Earlier you talked about, you know, your mom wanting you to go to Juilliard and you had this fear. Um, but obviously like anything you go into any job, there is, there is a training that you have to do. Um, there's some learning, whether you go in your own business for yourself, acting, you know, anything, there's something you have to learn. No one is just born and goes, yes, I'm going to, yeah. um, and you got to learn to walk, run, speak, yep. so on and so forth. So what, what training have you had to, to, to go into this space, to keep getting those casting calls, to, to go in and say, here's how I'm going to embody this role and know what I'm doing and get those callbacks. So what, what has gone into that? What work have you done? Well, with this type of art, it's not like a painter. A painter can pick up a blank canvas at any point in time and paint a masterpiece, right? Acting is this weird beast of like someone has to, a gatekeeper has to open the door to give you the opportunity to be this person. So for anybody that is starting out acting, I truly believe being in acting class is the most beneficial thing for you, not only as an artist, but just for your mentality, you know, they say 10,000 hours makes you a master at anything. And again, when you paint, you can paint for as many hours as possible. But if you're an actor and you're not in classes or in some sort of community where you guys are working on actual like audition pieces or plays, then you're not getting any reps in. So when auditions come, you're not going to be ready. You're just not going to be prepared. You're going to be putting in such a low level of art because you're not, you know, working on it, working on it every day. So I've been in classes for, I mean, since I started, I decided I was going to pursue acting on the East coast. I immediately got into acting classes. Um, that acting teacher actually helped me find a manager in Los Angeles. So when I moved to LA, I already had an acting manager and, um, I, I mean, I've been, I've studied with all of the ama most amazing acting coaches in Los Angeles, but I think the thing that I do that a lot of other people don't do, and I just wish that they did is to not get so committed to one way of thinking when it comes to teachers, like people will stay with the same teacher forever because they love them. And while I think that's nice, um, it's a nice sentiment to be like committed to someone, but you're only learning then what one person sees in a piece of paper, in a, in a scene. You're only learning what one person can comprehend. So I like to jump around based on what I'm needing. So right now, most recently I've been in Leslie Kahn. She's one of the most popular acting coaches and she focuses on comedy, but she really focuses on script breakdown. So looking at a script and being like, what does the writer want? Not what the actor wants. What does the writer, what does the writer specifically writing as the formula A plus B equals C? So that when I look at the sides and when I get my auditions, I can look at it from a different point of view. 
But then I'll stop going there and I'll be like, okay, well now I can see that. And I know that I've like worked on that muscle a little bit this year. So now let me switch into a class where I was taking one out of New York that I'm going to jump back into where they work on chakras. So they work on like where characters actually live. Cause we all live in a different place. you know, like if you're um, really loving and open and warm, you probably live from your heart. So that character lives from your heart. You know, it's just like different types of things that help help shape this whole big picture. It's not just one, one little thing, you know, you have to like find the pieces to make the whole painting. That makes sense. I mean, it's kind of like, if you think about it in the way we all go to school, mm-hmm. you go to school with, with even in high school, it's not like you're seeing one teacher in one day, each teacher is teaching a certain specialty. Mm-hmm. And then when you go up to the next, I will we'll say grade, obviously in, in, in acting, we can't just keep saying, hey, we're, go- we're going up to grades. That's not it. But when you go up to the next grade, you're with another group of teachers for a certain specialty. So I kind of see where you're saying there is that like, you need to go and see other teachers. Cause yeah, you're staying loyal to that teacher. And of course, even in high school, everyone has their that favorite teacher. You look back mm-hmm. on and go, oh, I love that teacher because of what she did, who she was or who he, he was, or, you know, what they did with me. And then course even if you're in the high school building you can always go back and see them but you know that you have to go to different teachers for different specialties to learn different things to become a well-rounded person fully educated fully mastering those skills so as you know to branch out on on your business so you were explaining who you are as as your as a character you're going in or who you are as a person as your brand but as you're learning these different things you're able to to go out and expand your skills so if there's a casting call looking for you're gonna say well my teacher didn't teach that and I didn't go to another teacher so what am I supposed to do um so I I, and the challenge the challenge of it the challenge of going into a new studio with a new teacher and having to learn their verbiage like how they talk about scenes you know because some people don't call them scenes they'll call them opportunities or slices of life and it's just like the way that they want to shape your mind to see things and a lot of times people will stay at one place and while you might be doing good work, it's so nice to challenge yourself because every job that you get, you're working with a different director, you're working with different actors, you're working with just different people. And if you're not training yourself that, um, if you're not training yourself that it's okay for things to not be constant and the same, then that's just, it's not helpful in the long run. Right. Completely, completely makes sense. Now we're going to kind of, in, in the things that you're talking about, you know, we're talking about training, we're talking about, you know, teachers, teachers inspire. So we all know that there are some things we go into certain careers or certain fields because we were inspired by someone or inspired by something. I can't, I can't tell you how many teachers I've met that went, I became a teacher because another teacher inspired me to become a teacher. We go into something for some reason based off of our our wants, our inspirations. So who would you say, I mean, even right now or even over the years have been your biggest inspirations when it comes to acting? Well, I, it's so funny because growing up, my family didn't really watch movies or television, like in my, my mom, that household, but my grandmother was obsessed with films. So every time I would go to her house, there would be this giant wall of films and at the bottom row would always be the new ones she got this week so that I would know like what new ones uh, there were. So growing up, like I really connected with people like Sandra Bullock. I thought she was like so funny and I don't know. I just loved everything that she did. But when I started to kind of like understand 
acting in a sense and like what was like pure and good, I lean towards people like Meryl Streep, which of course everybody loves. But now I would say probably my favorite person is Viola Davis, which she wasn't given, she wasn't given the opportunities for a very long time to carry anything because they just wouldn't give them to her. And I think I watched How to Get Away with Murder and just watching her vulnerability where when she's in these emotional scenes, how she just like lets literally all of the fluids run out of her face because she is so, everything is so deep. She's so deep to the core that you can see it on her face. And it's not just like an actor knowing she has to cry on cue and like making herself cry. Like she's really like in her gut, like sobbing because, you know, you have this knot coming out of her nose, which like I've cried like that before in my life. And like, I know that those are deep, heavy emotions. Um, So she's probably my favorite right now because I think that she's just the only one, the only person that's really like doing work that is just like so beautiful and flawless all the time, if that makes sense. She just is so like vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I agree. I've, I, she's one of my favorites. I've, I think right now on HBO, because we have like a free subscription to it, which will go away eventually. Um, The movie uh, Won't Back Down Mm -hmm. is on. which originally I thought it was the other won't back down, which is like this boxing movie, which anyone who's listening, it is not that movie. She's not boxing. I'm I'm not sure Viola Davis will ever really box, Um, but it's, it's actually a movie about a teacher. She plays a teacher in a failing school who pairs up with a mother who, whose child is suffering because of this failing school. And to see how she, she shows this care and this, this genuine aspect of, I'm fighting for these kids. I'm working, um, you know, with it. I think the person opposite of her is Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm horrible with names. So I, it might not be her, but I think that's who it is. Um, and if not, I completely apologize to Maggie Gyllenhaal and the person that it actually is because I'm losing it. Um, but it, it was great watching her. Of course, I love her in The Help. The Help's probably one of my favorite movies. I keep telling myself I'm going to wa- read the book, but I'm like, the movie is just you know it, it it's that her she embodies that character so mm-hmm. so much so I'm I'm right there with you on that that um, actually was the movie that I fell in love with her because I watched it with my mom and it's so funny my mom always like anytime she leaves me notes anywhere when she's here she always writes me that you are kind you are beautiful like that little like blurb that um I think it was Octavia Spencer's character used to say but uh we watched that movie so many times and that was my first time ever seeing her and then from there I was just like I will watch what you do <laughs> we'll watch anything that you do yes and even I think I forget what year it was but the, uh, the award show I think she won the the award because of the help and the mm-hmm. fact that all of her peers knew how strong of an actress she was and the fact that they stood up and commended her for like, it was like, okay, she finally, she finally did it. So it, it was great to see that. Um, I know even like, you know, the one thing they, they say, I don't know if this is affecting you, which would be a great point of conversation is, you know, it's, uh, it's been happening over the years. It's still continuing that women aren't recognized as much. I mean, that's in the general career space. Women are just underpaid, but that mm-hmm. it, it still, ex- it even exists in acting. I mean, Actors and actresses make millions, but to say that, okay, we're in, 
we're playing opposite of each other. And the man looking at me who probably has the same amount of lines is the leading male role, but I'm the leading female role is, is making three times as much as me. Like, Mm -hmm. are we not doing the same work? So are you, I don't, I mean, obviously you say your husband's an actor. So you kind of have some insight on what he's being offered versus what you're being offered. Of course, they're different, probably different roles, but are you seeing that as well in this space? I don't think I'm seeing that specifically yet. Like that's not like the financial aspect. I haven't seen like it be so different, but what I do see, I just tweeted this this week because it's something that bothers me so much is there is an age range of women that do not appear on television. And it's usually women in their early thirties. Do you know, like you'll see the young girls who are in their twenties playing the pretty, the pretty characters, the pretty girlfriend. And then it kind of like skips to like women in their forties, because then apparently women can be like powerful and strong and like have their life together. And there is just a missing like gap, an age gap, a missing age gap of like women in their thirties. And I mean, we, we talk about this all the time because you know, we'll see something come out and it's like eight roles, all men. And it's like cashier. And I'm like, why couldn't the woman be a cashier? Like, why couldn't a woman be the cashier? Why couldn't you, you see that there's all of these characters for whatever it is. And like, why wouldn't you make the choice to make one of them a woman? So I think it's just like the amount of roles. I do think the, like, I do think it's changing a hundred percent. I think that there are so many shows now that have more female leads. Like uh, we're watching yellow jackets on Showtime right now. And it's, all females. There's like three guys in it, but it's literally all females. Females are carrying the show and it's doing so well. And it, I mean, I think it's slowly happening, but there's still like this age range where they don't show women or they'll do this thing where like they'll cast an older woman and de-age her to be, to look younger. And I'm just like, why wouldn't you just cast someone who is around that age? It makes no sense to me at all. But I mean, I hope it changes. I hope it's like going to continue to change. And I think the financial aspect from what I read is a lot of people are more open about what they make. And I think that was the biggest thing before is there was like this superiority complex with people when you book something, you know, like don't talk about money, don't talk about money. And I think people now are more willing to be like, Hey, um, I got offered this. We're kind of the same. We're, we're almost in every scene together. Like what, what did they offer you? Because I want to counter and make sure that we're making the same. And I think I think now people are just talking about it. Speaking of those, those the roles that you actually brought up with like they cast all men. There was a video I saw the other day that kind of relates and I was thinking it the same way. The fact that like some people are so ingrained of, of looking at certain people or certain, I guess, even careers based off a of specific gender. I think it was like a, it was like a riddle that said um, there are two doctors that say that Mark is their brother but Mark has no brothers. Who's lying? And of course it was this teacher who presented this to their students and all the students were like, well, then, you know, the doctors, the doctors are lying. Like it kept us going back and forth about saying, okay, well, if, if Mark doesn't have any brothers then someone's lying because mm-hmm. it went into this assumption that they were assuming that the doctors had to be males. Cause the answer was, well, neither one of them are lying because Mark has sisters. The doctors are female. Mm-hmm. The doctors, Mark is their brother because he's a male. And it was, is this whole conversation he had about how we view certain careers or certain, I guess, and in, in your way, certain roles 
as a specific gender. And it was just like powerful to see, but the fact that they are teaching it in this day and age is hoping to even change things career-wise, how things are shown on, on television and on the TV screen and movies, because that's, I think that's where some of this comes from is, you know, the young generation, if they don't see themselves represented, especially females, if you do not see yourself represented, you're never going to do it. You're because you're just like, well, there's nobody there. So this is made up a bunch of men. So maybe it's not for me. So it does take representation and it does start in acting in that casting, because if they're not seeing it in, in, in TV and movies and roles, they're gonna be like, well, it's not me. So I'm not going because especially most of these kids, they're watching, they're, wa they're on their phones, they're watching videos, Netflix, streaming, everything's visual now. They have to see it. And, you know, on the representation thing, like obviously there's been this like swing for more diversity in TV and film over the past few years, which I'm totally 100% for because I, I remember the experience of going to Wonder Woman and seeing it in the movie theater. I'm a huge, like, I love superhero movies. We go to the midnight screening of all of them. And I remember just like full on sobbing. Like, I think I counted like 10 times only because I actually got to see a female superhero for the first time. And I was thinking how important this is going to be for the little girls that can look onto a TV screen and movie and be like, oh, I can be a superhero, but representation across the board, right? To have kids looking at the TV and like seeing themselves represented just makes them, I mean, it just makes everybody feel like they're in, like, it just makes more sense. They just feel more in the right space. Like they are, they matter. Mm -hmm. Similar to how Disney's doing it with, you know, how they're casting previously, I would say they, you know, they're Caucasian roles like Ariel is now wait. going to be by ha Hallie, her name's Hallie. Yes, Hallie. I know, I know her, I love that. It was of course this big thing where they're like, you know, this is about representation. And then they're now expanding on all of these, these individuals. They had Moana who came out, they had Princess Tiana at one point. You're seeing all of these different ethnicities because previously, you know, when, when we were younger, it was Belle, Snow White, mm -hmm. Ariel, Cinderella. They were all one, one look, their hair color changed. Yeah. But the way they looked, I remember growing up thinking, okay, well, maybe I'm supposed to be a lion because Lion King's in Africa, but I don't see anybody else. So it was, it, it's definitely a, definitely a thing. And I'm, I'm also, also glad that it's, it's happening. I think it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and, and I'll be interested as you continue your career, how much it's, it's changing with you, what you're seeing, um, because, you know, we have to put that out there. Granted, yeah. a lot of things are, you know, it's weird right now, especially with the pandemic, people are, are viewing content in different ways, you know, watching movies, everything now has to be short because especially mm -hmm. this younger generation, their attention spans a lot shorter. Um, but all the great movies that are coming out, they're changing. World. I even think that, you know, I was looking, watching um, Spider-Man the other day and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, Spider-Man's love interest in previous Spider-Man's were not black. Now they have mm -hmm. Zendaya who is, is gorgeous, love her. Mm -hmm. And now they have, she looks completely different. I think even she's also in Dune, which yeah. when th that previous role was not meant to be of color. And I think even one of the other characters I was reading, cause I went down this rabbit hole. Um, I forget who the character is, but the character was actually supposed to be a white male and they changed it to a black female. 
It's the pro- it's the woman who um, I I don't know the whole story, but she is she lives in the desert and she's one of the desert people and she yes. like leads them. Yes, but I remember they were saying they were like you know in in the previous story, like the original story, the book, it's a it's a white male, but they were like. Mm-hmm it doesn't have to be a white male for it to be that character. So they were like, we're integrating more diversity. And it was, it was, I mean, if you, people who are listening, if you haven't gone seen Dune, watch it. I will admit I watched it because I love Timothy Chalamet. I do too. Like, even though, you know, he's, he's a lot younger, but there's just something about him. I'm excited to see him as Willy Wonka as well, but. Did you watch the King? I did on Netflix. Yeah. So good. I thought it was funny. I read up more on that where the fact that when they had to cut his hair, he was being made fun of because obviously he actually cut his hair. Um, yeah, I saw him in that beautiful boy, which was amazing as well. Um, it was also great to see Steve Carell play a more emotional character. We're so used mm-hmm. to seeing him as this, this funny guy, um, which he embodied such a different aura. I was like, okay, you know, now I'd be comfortable seeing him in other roles. Um, but yes. So you know, there are so many different avenues we can go down and talk about within your, your career, your brand, your business. But I feel like we've touched on so many great points and it was great talking to you. So of course, at the end of every episode of this podcast, I always, you know, ask if there's any last piece of advice, maybe there's someone who's interested in being an actor that's listening to this. If you have like one last little nugget uh, you know, following your dreams, even that, even if they're not interested in being an actor or actress, you know, what something, you know, getting over your fears, one last thing you could probably share that you feel like is very important for someone to know. Yeah. I guess since this is business side, I, I just want anybody who is pursuing this to realize that there are two parts of it. There is this creative part, which is the part that's going to fill you and make you feel um, happy and bring you joy. But the business side is a completely different beast and you have to approach it like you are the CEO of your own business. And being a woman, sometimes that is hard because people often think that you are certain derogatory things if you stand up for yourself. But I think that there is power in understanding that you are valued. You are worth something. There are so many people in this industry that will try to pull you down and break you down because it makes them feel better about themselves. But one person's opinion in the long run doesn't matter at all. You could audition for a hundred things and 89 of the people like you, you maybe didn't book the job and 11 people didn't like you. Great. So you'll never work with those 11 people. That's fine. There's just so many other opportunities that a no or someone saying something about you just don't take it to heart you know, listen, be constructive, be like, oh, is, is that really the thing about me? I had an acting teacher once. I hate to tell this story, but I, I mean, I will. Uh, he, I was leaving the studio cause I wanted to go somewhere else. And, um, he did like an exit interview thing and he was just like, well, just so you know, you need to lose weight or you're never going to work. Wow. And for a while that really messed me up because I was like, okay, well, I'm too overweight. I'm, I'm not overweight. I've, I mean, I weigh very, I'm very small. So the fact that he even said this now hindsight, I'm just like, I should have said something to him, but I was in this point where I was just taking everything that everybody said and trying to make it work. So I booked a job. And then years later, I was telling the story to another actress friend and she's like, oh my God, he did the same thing to me. And I was like, oh, this is just what he does because he doesn't want people to leave where like his studio and he's trying to make them feel less than. And I just know that that is like a constant thing in this industry. You will find amazing people, 
but just take everything with such a grain of salt and value yourself, know you are worth it, know your art is worth it. And that timing is everything. It'll happen when it happens. That that is a perfect note to end on. I I thank you for coming and doing this interview thank and you. being on uh the, the That Looks Life podcast, you know. We also talk about this living your luxury life, which is also pursuing your dreams. So the fact that you're doing it is absolutely amazing. So again, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>